TNC Original African Stories. Listener discretion is advised as this podcast may contain violence or strong language. Previously on Ashoibi. So, that's not something you get to see every day. I know, right? Trust me, I'm the dramatic one, and even I have not pulled something like this. So, what did you mean when you said a man ought to handle his woman well? He looked at her with surprise and laughed. <laughs> And the paranoid doctor is back. Can we talk about this, please? Talk about what? You are a cheat. You got caught. End of story. What have you done with my wife? Because this woman that has been walking around this house this past month is definitely not my Moini. Then all of a sudden, he spoke. Eight years, Mo. For eight long years, you have made me stay up worrying and praying for us to get pregnant. Eight years. Oh, shit. Weeks have rolled by as quickly as dawn becomes morning. And in the lives of the women we have now come to know, things are beginning to shape up. Hazes are now floating off, some bringing unpleasant revelations and others, like in Anita's case, bringing sunshine to hearts. There was a new spring in Anita's steps. She shone and there was a constant smile on her face too. In the last couple of weeks, each time she had caught her reflection in the mirror, she stared at the new woman she had become and she loved her. She had made up with Bami and there was a new man in her life that had shown her the true meaning of perfection. When her eyes opened with a smile, it took her a few seconds to recognize the bed she felt so comfortable on. She grabbed her cream see-through house coat that was neatly folded on the maroon couch opposite the bed and followed the smell of fried eggs. <laughs> How are you already out of bed at this time on a Saturday? She asked as she wrapped her hands around his waist from behind. He turned his head and kissed her on her lips before returning to clean the dishes in the sink. Mm. Ah, this woman, why will you allow me kiss morning breath? So evil! She playfully dug her nails into the skin of his arm before opening the fridge and poured herself a glass of water. My morning breath trumps your post-fluoride breath, okay? <laughs> he threw his head back and laughed as she watched lustfully. His back danced to the motion his hands were making in the sink. Oh yeah, come now. Come and finish up these dishes for me. I'm still asleep. <gasps> he rinsed his hands, grabbed the kitchen towel adjacent to him, and turned completely to face her. You're so undomesticated. Dear God, what breed of woman have you brought my way? He walked towards her at the other end of the kitchen. Any plans today? You're off today, aren't you? Ah, no hospital today. I'm so spent. I just want to lie in all day and catch up on all my shows. Ah, we can do that. He interrupted her while burying his nose on the croon of her neck. Oh, but I have to pick more up later this afternoon. Things are really tense at theirs these days. So, will you be back here tonight then? Aren't you tired of seeing me yet? We've hung out every single day for more than two weeks. And don't get me wrong, our time together, best hours of every day. I'm just starting to think we're speeding things up too much. 
He removed his arms from her waist and stared at her for a few seconds before replying. Okay, I understand. I understand. But then, we're adults. There's no timeline for us, you know. No timing rules. If we feel what we feel, then we act on it. Whether it's been less than a month or more than a year. She stared at the odd expression on his face when he threw his hands in the air and motioned for her to put her hands in his pocket. Puzzled, she put her right hand in his left pocket and felt the smooth velvet covering and what seemed to be like a little box. She pulled it out and darted her eyes between him and the box. Laddie, what is this? <laughs> oh, open it. Open it. She reluctantly opened the box and held it to her eyes. Her jaws dropped and her heart jumped in its cage as soon as the light reflected from the Marcus cut diamond sitting elegantly on the thin silver band laced with tiny amethyst stones. It was perfect. The few nights she had allowed herself to dream about the perfect ring for her fourth finger. This ring was synonymous with what she saw. When she felt the drool about to make its way out of her mouth, she closed her mouth, shook her head sharply and looked up to find half his height looking up at her. Oh my God, laddie! She shook her head in a disapproving manner. Please stand up, what is this now? He put his finger in front of her mouth. Like I said, I know what I feel and I don't see the point in waiting months or years even before letting you know. I'm not asking you to marry me today. If I know you, this is far from what a proposal for you should be. I'm just letting you know that if you will have me, then I am done. I am done searching for that woman that I want to build a home with. You are a fascinating woman, Anita Momo. You have no idea what you do to me. And yes, it might seem too fast, but when you know, you know. Listen. I'm ready to deal with whatever side of you there is left for me to see. And you know, you know by now that I am as old-fashioned as they come. So when I promise to stay with you to the end, I will be there to the end. And I will fight, I would fight to walk through whatever might happen. I am a man of my words. You know that, Anita. I've been looking for you and now I've found you. And with your permission, I want to keep you. Hard as she tried, she could not keep the tears from falling out of her eyes. She stretched out her hands and he took them and got on his feet. Oh, laddie, you've managed to leave me speechless. Look at you taking the fun out of the guessing game for me. Now I won't get to ask, laddie, what are we doing? Where are we going with this? You're welcome. <laughs> so... So now I need to go and tell my Baba Lao that his juju has worked. But seriously, you're amazing. But I don't want to jump into anything. One day at a time, babe. I know for a fact, though, that even when you've said or done things that vexed me, I have still wanted to be around you. That is gold right there. Let's just take things one day at a time, all right? He smiled with his eyes and kissed her on her forehead. Oh, your breakfast is getting cold. Let me jump in the shower. Uh, I'll be back in a bit. Darling Mohini's life, on the other hand, does not seem to be getting any much sunshine these days. If the mood in their home is anything to go by, 
then her marriage to Jayo Lagbadebo may be drawing to a sad close. Her hands clasped underneath her chin. Moini's eyes wandered from the busy family portrait on the tastefully painted coral walls to the cluttered table of the priest's office. She looked up at him as he spoke to them from the other end of the table. She looked at Jayola in time to catch the irritated look he was sending her way, and she thumped her back into the soft backrest of the chair, keeping her mouth sealed. She did not want to be there, but Jayola had insisted that they met with the parish priest for counseling. She had not understood why he was yet to yell at her. In the last couple of weeks, they lived as strangers. But for Jay, their home would have felt completely cold and unwelcoming. He was one who made it easier for her to ignore Jayola. But each night, when she reluctantly enters their bedroom to find him sitting on the other side of the bed, she expects him to begin to pour out his disappointment and betrayal. Instead, he would ignore her, and when she finally lays on the bed, her back to him, he would say, Good night. And it did not take long for her to realize that it was his way of punishing her. Mrs. Badibo. She heard the priest call again. She looked at him and turned to look at the door, itching to stand up and make her way out. Can you please say something and stop wasting father's time? Jayola said to her in the calm tone he used when he was starting to get irritated. I don't have anything to say. I didn't ask to speak with father. You did. So why do I have to say something? She said without looking at him. Just answer his questions. That's all I'm asking. She rolled her eyes at him and continued to scrutinize the office space. The priest began to speak to Jayola again when Moini interrupted. You want me to talk? You want me to talk? Okay. Father, he has not said anything tangible to me in more than two weeks. Two weeks, Father. We live in the same house, sleep on the same bed, and he has said more to me in this office than he has in weeks. I'm unhappy, and he doesn't care to know why. He doesn't even want to know why I did what I did. See, I'm miserable, tired, and I want a divorce. You wanted me to talk, Shay? Well, there you have it. She was now sitting at the edge of her chair, her legs shaking at their own will. Her final sentence had barely left her lips when she heard Jayola's laughter. Look, you don't have any basis for a divorce. If anything, I'm the one with the very solid reason. He turned to her and made sure to lock his eyes with hers so that she could see the seriousness with which he spoke. Nobody is getting a divorce, okay? One day, when I forgive you and you're ready to, we'll move past this and make it work. And on the odd chance that this marriage cannot be salvaged, I will pull the plug. This marriage ends only when I say it does. So the sooner you come to terms with that, the better for you. Anita looked up from her phone when she heard Jay walk towards her and place the tray with a glass and a bottle of malt on the table adjacent to her. I'm sure they'll be back soon. Mass finished her hours ago. Jay smiled as he took his place beside her, struggling to ignore her distracting cleavage. She barely nodded. He had known her almost as long as he had known his sister. And so when she struggled to respond with a weak smile, he could tell that there were issues weighing heavily on her mind. Are you all right? She busied herself with returning her phone into her bag. She started to answer, but when she turned to look at him and she saw that he was genuinely concerned, she sighed and tucked her right leg underneath her left thigh, making herself comfortable enough to let him into her mind. To be honest, I'm not even sure. There's the issue with these children that want to throw away their marriage. You've been here with them, Self. How are things going? He removed his pair of glasses and placed them carefully on his laps. 
I'm even surprised most still talks to me. I honestly didn't realize that I told Jay about the IUD issue until I had said it. Me and my big mouth. I'm really worried about them as well. They don't talk to each other and that's the beginning of the end. <sighs> you still do this thing, Abby. Going off topic to prevent talking about your issues. It's Jay you're talking to. Oh yeah, what's on your mind? She nudged his side with her elbow and when she opened her mouth to speak, it felt like she had swallowed a bead that blocked her throat and was causing her eyes to well up with tears. She rolled her eyes to the back of her head to stop the tears from flowing, but the harder she tried, the easier it flowed. Jay wrapped his hand around the back of hers and squeezed gently as he watched her try and fail to put her emotions into words. I really don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> How do you cope in seminary? Don't you feel lonely? She looked up at his gracefully curved face. Uh, I, I, I try not to think about it. It was hard at the beginning. But it gets easier with time and increasing will. I'm scared, Jay. This guy just basically proposed to me and now all I can think about is how he'll end up being a con and how I'll end up being alone again, nursing my hurt. I'm just tired of the cycle, you know. I was getting very used to the idea of being alone and then he came to remind me just how scared I am of ending up alone. I don't know if he's a fake, I'll just... I don't know. With every powerless emotion she felt leave her body through the tears, she was not convinced that the sobs she was hearing were hers. It usually took a lot more to get her to break down. And now, here she was, crying over a hypothetical situation like a teenage schoolgirl. Jay continued to stare at Anita as she let go of the battle of composure. And in those moments, he felt a surge of thoughts of all that he had given up to follow his ministry rise to the surface. He drew her closer to him as she whimpered, circling his arms around her body and stroking her back. She hid her face in his shoulder, allowing her senses to soak in his alluring masculine scent. She lifted her head to his face, staring into his eyes through her tear-clouded ones. He began to feel an urge that he thought he had successfully rid himself of forever. And as the realization hit him of the pending danger, he released her from his embrace and stood up from the couch. As if she was programmed to follow his every move, she got up to her feet and before he had a chance to open his mouth, she pressed her lips against his and her body against his. That was when he began to fight his own battle inside. His lips stayed pursed together as his body refused to obey the distant voice in his head, pleading with him to pull away and run far from the temptation he was slowly yielding completely to. And just as he was about to will his body to walk away, he felt all the power, will and judgment rush down from his head to between his legs. With the last bout of will he had left, he forced his lips open and took hers in them, allowing himself to fall with her on the couch and obeying whatever instruction her body had for him to follow. Oh. 
Thanks for listening to Ashoibi, the podcast. Brought to you by The Naked Convos. Produced by 808 Extra. Narrated by Feifei. Theme song, Charles Onwubia, a.k.a. Beethoven. Voice actors, Iloise Omoimi as parish priest. Eniola Keshiro as Moini. Jasper Tomomewo as Jayola. Charles Onwubia as Ladi. Jojo Amiegbe as Dr. Anita. This podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to subscribe and share.